This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. That the basis of our authority as believers is the resurrection and seating of Christ at the right hand of the Father by God himself. And we also said this, that we are identified with Christ in the finished work of redemption. And we looked at Romans 5 from verse 12 through to 21. Still on that point, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. From verse 1, it says, And you hath he quickened. And like we said, hath he quickened is in italics, which means it's not there in the original. It actually says, And you who are dead in trespasses and sins. So that and you who are dead in trespasses and sins, the verb that uh, that hinges on is in verse 20. 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, and you who are dead in trespasses and sins. That makes sense, right? Verse 2 says, Wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our lifestyle, our conversation, in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was made alive, when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace he has saved, and has raised us up together. When he was raised, we were raised. When he was made alive, we were made alive. And made us to sit together. When he was seated, we were seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. You see, God is going to put up a show that will last throughout all eternity. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches. He, he's going to put us on display. Amen. So it's like, guys, better start getting used to reigning. You're going to have some raining to do. So start getting used to it. Praise God. We are raised with him. We are seated with him. Now, yes, geographically, we are still on this earth. We live in a world where the devil is God. Adverse circumstances come at us, left, right, and center. But all that they are, are opportunities for us to act on the word of God. See, Jesus left, God left the devil here. For us to walk in dominion over him. For us to trample upon him. For us to tread upon him. The father said to Jesus, said, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. How is he going to make his enemies his footstool? Through the church. Through the church. Through the church. Amen. Praise God. Galatians 2.20. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me amen so when he was crucified 
we were crucified. When he died, we died. Let's go to Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. Verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as are baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, rendered ineffective, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8, where I was going. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, when he died, we died. When he was made alive, we were made alive. When he was raised up from the dead, we were raised up from the dead. When he was seated at the right hand of the Father, we were seated with him. So look at the problems, look at the challenges from that vantage position of dominion. Amen. No matter the attack, no matter the challenge, no matter what may come against you. And you see, many are the afflictions of the righteous. That word afflictions means tests and trials. The devil will bring tests. The devil will bring trials. He wants to see whether you really believe what you claim you believe. He wants to see whether you actually know who you are in Christ. Whether you understand your authority. When you begin to see some of these truths, he will come, rear up his ugly head. Sure, the guy don't wake up, oh. He don't begin to attend that then remote place. Sure, believers authority, he don't sit where I am. Hey, 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 don't gas, oh. Then he will start calling his demons. Let's, let's try to rob him of that truth. Let's try to get him to throw in the towel and say the believer's authority doesn't work. Let's try to get him to say, I tried that thing. I tried that thing. It didn't work. Let's try to get him to back off. But you know what? We are not backing off. You are not backing off. Amen. We've seen it in the world. And we are standing our ground. God wants us to live lives of absolute triumph. God wants your life to be a specimen of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always, 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 all the time, all the time, causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So he always causes us to triumph. You see, the book of Colossians and the book of Ephesians are twin epistles. Certain things that Paul said in Ephesians, he said in different words in Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 1. And let's see some of these same truths. Starting from verse 12, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, who has made us able, which hath made us meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. You see, there is an inheritance that is ours. Because we are now in the light. God the Father has qualified us to be able to partake of this inheritance. What else has he done? 13. 
who has delivered us. You see, God has delivered us. When did he do that? The day you took Jesus as your Savior and confessed him as your Lord. God delivered us. The Amplified Version says, he delivered us and drawn us unto himself. Out from under the control and the dominion of darkness. And he transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. See, we have been delivered. You are not there anymore. You are not where you used to be. You are not who you used to be. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus now. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers now. You are joined to the Lord. You are one spirit with him. Amen. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us. He's not going to do it. He has done it into the kingdom of his dear son. You see, when you took Jesus as your savior and confessed him as your Lord, he became your Lord. Jesus is your Lord now. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. It says, For you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin and Satan are synonymous terms. So we could say, For Satan shall not have dominion over you. If something has dominion over you, it lords it over you. One translation says, For sin shall not lord it over you. So we could put it like this, For Satan shall not lord it over you. It's not your Lord. Jesus is your Lord. See, Jesus is the head. We are the body. For Satan to have dominion over you is to say Satan has dominion over Jesus. And just the thought of that is asinine. Just the thought of it is, you, you don't even think there, isn't it? Praise God. Verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption. Look, we can be so thankful that we're not trying to get redeemed. We have it already. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. 15 says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature, prototokos. Amen. The prototype. What God wanted to do in the new creation, he did the type of it, the prototype of it in Christ. The firstborn, the head of creation, of the firstborn of every creature. 16 says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. 17 says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now look at 18. It says, and he is the head of the body. Who is the head of the body? Satan? No. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. 20 says, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Let's go to chapter 2. Let's go to chapter 2. From verse 9, it says, For in him, talking about Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. 10 says, And ye are complete in him. Ye are complete in him. Listen, you are complete in him. Say with me, I am complete in him. I am complete in him. Ye are complete in him, which is the head. He is the head of all principality and power. We're complete in him. The one who is the absolute master of the forces of hell. We're complete in him. 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. 
in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Twelve, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And the translation says, through faith in the operation of God. You see, God is the agent that did this. God is the one that planned it. God is the one that executed it. Amen. We are reason with him. We are reason with him. 13 says, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. See, when the devil had Jesus, you know, under his grip, they thought they had thwarted the plan of God. But it was God's wisdom that turned the son over unto death to buy us back. Are you listening? And after he has discharged, he had discharged the bond of the law. He was made alive. He was quickened. And we were quickened with him. And then he put away from himself all those forces of hell that attempted to hold him their captive. And he arose. When he arose, we arose. Jesus stripped the devil of his armor wherein he trusted. Jesus stripped the devil of the authority he had gotten from Adam. He arose with that authority. He arose. You see, the head of the church is also now the absolute master of the forces of hell. And we are completing him. We are completing him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're in union with God. Yes, he's the bigger part of that union, but we are one with him. I'm not deity. He's the one who is deity. But I'm in union with the one who is. I'm tied up to God. I'm linked with omnipotence. I'm linked with omniscience. I'm linked with omnipresence. I'm tied up to deity. I'm tied up to deity. I'm tied up to deity. Joshua was fighting. The Gibeonites, they had come in a covenant with Israel. Deceitfully. And then some folks came against them. Joshua was alerted. Said, well, let's go fight them. Then the sun was going down. And the man said, son, stand thou still on Gibeon. He said, moon, in the valley of Ajalon, for almost 24 hours, the whole thing came to a standstill. Why? Because one man who was in covenant with God dared to act on that covenant. The Bible says never had God answered a man like that before or after till that was written. You are in union with God. The God I'm talking about is the one that split the Red Sea. That's the one you're in union with. The God I'm talking about is the one that opened the, blind, the eyes of blind Bartimaeus. That's the one you're in union with. The person you're in union with. See, when David was going to fight, they didn't need to count themselves because you couldn't beat them. You couldn't kill them. How? How? One man killed 800. His hand, he fought until his hand claved to the sword. How? When it's not a Chinese film. You know, and you're wondering, did they tie the hands of the other 799? But you see, let them come from any direction. 
These were covenant men. These were covenant men. And the covenant that they were walking in is not nearly as good as your own. It was a covenant based on the blood of bulls and the blood of goats. In that covenant, God said to them, Exodus 15, 26, He said, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in His sight, will give ear to His commandments, keep all His statutes, He said, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee, which I have permitted upon the Egyptians. He said, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. You see, He was Israel's healer. He was their healer. In Psalm 103, from verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It says, And forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Said in Exodus 23, 25 to 26, says, And ye shall serve the Lord thy God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. That doesn't mean it was only bread and water they had. It was talking about their food. He said, And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. He said, There shall none cast thee young, no miscarriages, nor be barren in thy land. No way. He said, The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will fulfill. I will fulfill. That's what he said. That's what he said. In Psalm 107, from verse 17, it says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meats. They draw near to the gates of death. They crown to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. 20 says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. See, if God did not want his servants sick, is it his sons that he wants sick? A thousand times no. We're in covenant with God. We're in union with him. We are tied up to him. We are linked with omnipotence. See, we are not sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. And he has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. We are laborers together with him. Yes. It should be expected that he will supply the resources. Yes. He will supply the wisdom. He will supply the ability. See, he is our strength. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. We are linked with God. 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 He's your source. He says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Hope you know that there is enough wealth on this earth to go around. Now, who do you think God put all the wealth on the earth for? The devil and his children. So that they can ride the good cars. They can live in the big houses and in the good houses. And we, we can live on Gong Gong streets. Barely get along the avenue. Defeat Boulevard. A thousand times no. A thousand times no. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Said the cattle on a thousand hills belong to our Father. 
Psalm 50 verse 10. The gold and the silver, hey guy, 2, 8 and 9, they, they belong to him. See, we've got authority. And this authority has something to do with finances too. Because it's the devil trying to keep resources from coming to you. But we've got authority over him. Of course, God said he will bless the work of our hands. So we need to put our hands on something. But you see, we carry the blessing. He said, whatever we put our hands upon will prosper. Why? We carry the blessing. We are protected. We are shielded. We have access to divine revelation. We have access to divine guidance. We have access to divine wisdom. We are in union with God. There's no place for failure. There's no room for defeat. We are fortified from within. Amen. We've got it made. We've got it made. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. See, we are the body. He's the head. The same life that's in the head is in the body. The same place the head is seated because the head is not dismembered. The body is not dismembered. His head hasn't been cut off. We are alive. We are tied to him. You see, he's the trunk. We are the branch. We are the branches. We are in him. He's in us. We're in unity. We're in union with God. That's the key to dominion. Union with God. Many of us are actually in union with God, but we don't know. You came into union with God in the new birth. God is making his home in you. There's a real incarnation in the new birth. God is dwelling in the believer. We are tied up to him. Amen. Now the seventh point, number seven. Number seven, faith plays a key role in the exercise of the authority of the believer. Faith plays a key role in the exercise of the authority of the believer. Faith plays a key role in the exercise of the authority of the believer. Faith plays a key role in the exercise of the authority of the believer. Now, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says there, it says, be sober, be vigilant. Say, why? For your adversary, he's our adversary, he's not our friend, he's an opponent, he's one arrayed against us. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about, you see, he's in the Wakajube ministry, to and fro, up and down, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for who to devour. Amen. As a roaring lion. He's not the lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he walks about as a roaring lion. Now how does a lion catch his prey? It first roars. It sends fear. Amos 3.6 says, Shall a lion roar when he has seen no prey? See, the devil sees potential praise in all of us. Can the devil devour a Christian? He can can the devil take place in the life of a Christian? He sure can. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Which means the devil can take place in your life if you give him. But it also means he won't take place in my life because I won't give him. He walks about seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for who to devour. You know, there's a loved one of mine who will always tell me then, years back, Ah, the devil is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And then the person will stop there. But that's not where it stops. Verse 9 says, whom resists? 
whom resist? We can resist him. He's not irresistible. You are the one who's irresistible. It's the word of God that's irresistible. He's resistible. It says, whom resist? Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, the American Standard Version says, whom resist steadfast in your faith. Now, the last part of that verse says, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Has the devil ever told you nobody understands what you are going through? Anybody that the devil has told you that? Oh, this situation is peculiar to you. It's a lie. The same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. There is no temptation that has taken you, such as is not common to man. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. Same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But notice, it says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. The American Standard Version says, in your faith. See, faith has something to do with the exercise of authority. Ecclesiastes 8.4. Now, how is faith released? Faith is released with words. That's the way authority is exercised, with words. When the devil tempted Jesus in Matthew 4, you'll see the story from verse 1 to 11. It's also in Luke 4, from verse 1 to 13. How did Jesus whip the devil? Jesus told the devil, it is written. He used the word of God to whip the devil. The word of God that he put in his heart and spoke out of his mouth was what defeated the devil. And that's what we use also today. Faith is released with words. Faith is released with words. In Mark eleven twenty three, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Pastor Hagen, Pastor Hagen has a book, Commanding Power. Amen. You see, we talk about confession, and that's scriptural. But there's also the place of giving a word of command. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the opposition. Speak to the circumstance. Speak to it. Pastor Hagen has another book, Speak to Your Mountain. Identify what the mountain is. Speak to do with the exercise of authority. See, there are some times you speak the word, the command of authority. You tell the devil, Satan, let's say there's a growth somewhere in your body. Say, growth, I curse you. I command you to dry up, disappear, wither, be no more in Jesus' name. And then you know what? Sometimes the devil does as if he has hearing problem. As if he didn't hear what you said. Let me tell you, don't f*** his trap. Where the word of a king is, there's power. Ecclesiastes 8.4 You are the king. You have spoken. It will be carried out. See, when a king gives a decree, and the Bible says in Job 22.28, it says you will decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Once you give the command of faith, you can turn your back and walk away. It shall be carried out. It shall be carried out. Once you speak, believe that what you say shall come to pass. You speak. Jesus spoke to that fig tree. Said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And that was it. He turned and he walked away. Why? The king had spoken. He had spoken. He had given the command of authority. He had spoken to the tree. It had to dry up. As far as he was concerned, it was a done deal. There are times you need to turn your back and walk away. He said, but the circumstance hasn't changed. 
has nothing to do with it. You see, that day, it was in the morning. They passed by that place. Apparently, it looks like they must have passed by that same place that evening. If there was any change in it, I trust Peter, he would have let us know. There may not have been any change yet. It wasn't until the next day. He now said, ah, master, behold the fig tree. Who curses is withered away. What if Jesus, after he cursed it, he said, look, is it drying? Is it drying yet? It's not yet drying, but I told it to dry up. I said, no man eat of it again. Okay, no man eat of it. No man, no, 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 no. You are a king. 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 Have you spoken? Have you spoken in faith? Then believe that what you said shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. The king has decreed. I said it. I told it to go. It cannot but leave. It has no choice in the matter. Turn your back and walk away. Say, but the circumstance is getting worse. It has nothing to do with it. We walk by faith, not by sight. The next time you see the situation, and maybe it looks like it's grown worse, or it looks like it hasn't changed, you just say, well, I spoke to you yesterday. I told you to be gone. And I see you gone. That's all. That's all. You see, I don't bind the devil two times on the same thing. No. He's laughing at you because he knows you are walking by sight. Hey, but I bind you. And then you come again. It hasn't changed. Hey, I bind you. Okay, when will it be bound? When you spoke and you say I bind you, it was bound. So what do you do? You turn your back and walk away. You count it done. I've spoken. It has to be carried out. It shall come to pass. A king has spoken. A king has spoken. You are that king. So whether the situation looks like it's getting better, it looks like it's getting worse, just make sure you have spoken in authority. What do you do? Having done all to stand, stand there for. Sometimes financial need. You face the financial situation. What do you do? You claim what you need in the name of Jesus. You tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And you say, ministering spirits, go forth and cause it to come. You say, but it hasn't come yet. What do I keep doing? Every time you remember, just thank God for it. And just say, it shall come to pass. I spoke, it shall come to pass. The money is on the way. The resources are on the way. Why? Because I took authority over the devil. I told him to take his hands off of it. I told the angels to go and cause it to come. They are on their way. They are working on it. It's on the way. Wow! Glory to God. So faith has something to do with authority. Once you've spoken, let it stay said. You see, as a kid, primary school, elementary school, we had uh, some soil at the back of our house. I remember I went, I planted some bean seeds. I came the next day. This thing hasn't grown, then I dug it out. See, that's what many of us do. Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say. The way you plant it is by saying. Say it. Once you've said it, let it stay said. Don't go digging it up. See, Jairus said to Jesus, come and lay your hands on my daughter and she will live and not die. You see, he had released his faith. Then Jesus, as soon as he heard that, said, let's go. On his way there, word came, she's dead. What did Jesus tell Jairus? Fear not, only believe. Only believe what? Only believe what you have already said. You said that you lay hands on her. You said she will live and not die. That's what you said. Stand by that confession. You see, there are some times you lose by sending in a prayer request. 
Are you hearing me? There is a time not to turn in a prayer request. There is a time not to pray. Now, we should pray without ceasing. Do you understand? But there are some situations. Don't pray. Look, let me explain what I mean. Because this person had cancer. You know, was in a meeting. Brother Higgin actually was in that church. Laid hands on her. She got healed. And then there was another man. He had one leg shorter than the other. And the leg was also crippled. He laid hands on him. And then the leg grew out. It was straightened. It was healed. Wore the first pair of shoes he had ever worn in his life. Matching pair of shoes. Six weeks after the meeting, the man was walking down the road. This was happened in New York. He was walking on Main Street. As he was walking down the road. The same leg that had been crippled and got healed suddenly turned inwards, back. He said he almost fell down. <laughs> then he pulled himself to the sidewalk. He said, no, you don't, devil. Six weeks ago, hands were laid on me. The power of God came on me. I received healing for this leg. Devil, you are not going to put it back on me. According to the word of God, I'm healed. He said right before his eyes, he straightened back up. And he walked. He kept his healing. He got to church that Wednesday. That same lady that had been healed of cancer, they were going to pray. She lifted up her hand. Pastor said prayer request. She said, I've got a prayer request. She said, what's the prayer request? Listen to her prayer request. Six weeks ago, Brother Higgin came to this church. You all know. I was ministered to. And you know how I got healed of cancer. But in recent times, the symptoms are back. All of you, pray for me. You know what she may just have done? She just may have said, all of you, contribute money so I can buy my coffin. Of course, you know what happened? She died. What killed her? That prayer request. That prayer request. What's the meaning of asking for prayer at that time? The meaning is, I've lost my healing. I've lost my healing. I've lost my healing. What should she have done? She should have come there and said, Folks, six weeks ago I got healed of cancer. Guess what? I'm still healed. Wow, glory to God. I'm going to sit down. So I said, but wouldn't that have been a lie? No, that would have been the truth of God's word. Hebrews 4.14 says we are to hold fast the profession of our faith. Hebrews 2.23, let us hold fast. The profession of our faith without wavering. See, faith has something to do with the exercise of authority. We walk by faith, not by our senses. Will the symptoms try to come back? We will. You see, another instance that illustrates that point. I want you to get it. I want you to get it and, get, and see it clearly. Brother Higgin talked about another church he was in. He said, he, as just before he got up to preach that night, one lady got up and said her neighbor, who also was a member of that church, was bedfast. The doctor said she wouldn't live past midnight, that she would die that night before midnight. So he said, Let's all pray for her. So the church, everybody prayed, believing God for the lady's healing. They prayed, and after some time, everybody began to quiet down, thanking God that it's done. So the pastor said, You know, we prayed, we prayed in faith, we believe it's done, right? We thank God for her healing. She lived past midnight. By the next morning, the doctor came and said, I don't know what happened. She's past that critical stage. The lady sat up in bed. She passed it. She said, she's going to make it. Now, naturally, if you've been bed fast a while, you'll still be physically weak. The lady came the next night, gave the testimony. How that lady, she passed the critical state. Doctor said, it's a miracle. It defies medical science. She's fine. She's recovering. She's passed the critical stage. She now said, but let's pray again. That the healing that God started yesterday, he will perfect it. Let me ask you a question. What did they pray for yesterday? Did they pray that God should begin her healing? No, they prayed that God should heal her. Why are they praying that God should perfect it? That pastor was stupid. Sometimes I feel like slapping some of them. That pastor was stupid. He got up and said, all right, let's pray. And then they all prayed that God should perfect her healing. Brother Higgins said when they were praying, he heard the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. 
Say to him, now they have taken her out of my hands. She will be dead in three days. Sure enough, three days' time she was dead. What killed her that second prayer? They shouldn't have prayed. What should they have done that second day? They should just have come and said, yes, we are not surprised. We prayed yesterday. God heard us when we prayed yesterday. We prayed for our healing yesterday. We didn't pray for the healing to begin. We prayed for her to be healed. Naturally, she will still be physically weak. So what do we do? We just maintain our confession. Faith has something to do with the exercise of authority. You see, as believers, eh, we are specialists. We know how to spin our wheels in unbelief. I've ever been driving. Then you enter some muddy road and you're trying to come out. And then you start revving. And then the thing just starts rolling and it's not coming out. Sometimes many of us get inside unbelief and we stay there. And we're spinning our wheels in unbelief. Once you have given the command of faith, let it stay said. Okay, let's say you're sick in your body. You take authority over the sickness. You tell the devil, Satan, take your hands off my body. According to the word of God, I'm healed. You don't come to church and they're not asking for a healing line. Someone says, can I still come out? Now, you can on one condition. If you come out and say, well, I've already released my faith. I'm already believing God for my healing. I'm not going out there to start believing for my healing afresh. You see, a house that keeps laying its foundation will never be built. You lay the foundation. Then you lay the foundation again. You, lay, you just keep laying foundation. There will never be a structure. Once you said it, let it stay said. Stand by what you said. Believe that what you said shall come to pass. Maintain your confession of faith. Don't get into wavering. Don't get into doubting. In the name of praying. Don't destroy the effects of your prayer. If you now say, all right, I'm not going out there to believe for healing afresh. I've already believed for my healing, and I believe I'm healed. But I'm going out there so that that minister can agree with me that I am healed. Now, that's okay. But if you go and you keep, you know, you hear there's another person, you go again. Another person, you go again. You now become a prayer collector. Many prayer collectors in the body of Christ. Thank God for prayer. It's important. I certainly will be one of the last people that would barrage the importance of prayer. Men, not always to pray and not to faint. But please, can we pray in the light, not in the dark? Amen. You see, we have some application forms. In case, you know, you're blessed with what you're hearing. Or maybe you're watching on Facebook Live, you know, listening to this. And you say, this school, I'd like to hear more of these kind of things. We want you to hear more, too. Our forms are available. If you're interested, you could just put up your hand. Uh, some of our team members will be glad to get the forms with you or during the next break, or if you are uh, streaming online, you could go to our website, raymanigeria.com, www.raymanigeria.com, Rayma, R-H-E-M-A, Nigeria, N-I-G-E-R-I-A.com, and you can get the application form there. And we also have a brochure, we have some material we want to get into your hands, so that we can take a hold of the truth of God's word, so you can be all that God wants you to be. Praise God. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.